0: Hello and welcome back to DP World Tour Picks and Bets, Skylar Hoke here on the last event of the 2021-2022 DP World Tour season as we have reached the Tour Championship, Tom Jacobs how are we doing my friend?
1: I'm good, I'm much better than last week as people may have noticed last week I had a bit of a nasally voice which I do generally anyway but yes last week I was in dire straits in terms of I had Covid so that was good fun um other than that, a little bit scorned by Thomas Dietry. He's on the Never Again list. Uh, Gavin Green just it hasn't got the killer instincts at the moment, despite you know, some strong performances. And uh, we've got, I mean, I can't wait for the big break we've got uh, going into the new season.
0: Yeah, big break. We'll have uh, qualifying school wraps up tomorrow. Um, so Simon, I got this right here. So I guess it's probably Simone Forstrom leading Daniel Brown in second place. Abby uh, Barnrat, third; Joel Stalter, Nicholas Lemke, round right out of the top five. Um, so we have some a bunch of new names, hopefully coming over the DP World Tour full time. Um, and just as you mentioned, we're, it goes literally right into not only one but two events next week—one in Australia, one in South Africa. Playing now—it's a lot of work. We're not 100% sure on the show output. We're going to be able to have holiday here in the states. However, there is ripe and taking opportunity. I can remember hitting Kirk Hidiyama really early as he graduated from qualifying school. Obviously, we know Guido Migliazzi won twice his first year out of qualifying school. That is the same Guido Migliazzi that was sniffing the lead um, on Saturday morning and ended up with a 10. Arguably yes. the worst hole of golf I think I've ever witnessed. You can watch that video <laughs> in the app. I mean, and he was playing with Donald. Like, like, oh, like how what is that going to our into our, our, our Ryder Cup decision? for King Guido, but um, yeah, yeah, so it just it gets going. I know, <laughs> I know. Time is going to have to win again, and maybe it's this week. we got some deep odds. we got a 50-golfer field. Um, unfortunately, we, like we talked about last week, we didn't get all of the PGA Tour guys or those that kind of cross over Will Zaltor. we still um, getting through his injury. Colin Morikawa not coming back to defend um, his championship, but we do have Rory and Rahm 1-2 kicking off, and we're in Jamaira Golf Estates. The earth course, uh, I believe the fire course was played a couple years ago when Rosner won there, but the earth course is what we're accustomed to here. Year in and year out in Dubai, closing out the season. Um, I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's it's a big event. I mean, I mentioned Rory and Rahm off the top. You have Fitz, you have Victor Hovland, you have Shane Lowry, kind of in a class of their own at the top of the field. Uh, We have seen elite winners, right? I mean, you say, you know, Basically, every single year, what, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Rahm's won here twice, Rory's won here twice. Uh, it's just year in and year out, kind of the top of this board. Uh, now, from the betting, the odds are, are low, right? The the odds are the Dietrich zone of which you were betting last week and lower. Um, so I, I'm tempted a little bit as we go beyond. But, Tom, up here as we look, is anybody catching your eye to, to close out the year?
1: So I think the problem is, right Sky, is that it's a great event and I'm glad you mentioned what you mentioned, right, because it was exactly what I was going to do. It is, it's a great event, but it's not a great betting event. And I'll, and I'll preface that by saying that, you know, Colin Morricow, Matt Fitzpatrick, John Rahn, Danny Willett, John Rahn, Matt Fitzpatrick, Rory McIlroy, Stenson, Stenson, Rory, Quiros, Carlson, Westwood. So Alvaro, Quiros and Danny Willett are probably the um, outliers in those lists, I guess. And you know, Quiros was the 21st ranked golfer, I think, at the time. He'd already won in the season. Danny Willett is, of course, a Masters champion. So it really does take uh, the very best to win here. But I do think there's plenty of each-way value. If you can get each-ways where you are, if you can get top five odds, I think that's a great way to go. Um, If I was just picking someone to win, I think it would probably be I quite like Shane Lowry. I think I think he's he's shown a couple of times here. He's been the third six-hole leader. He's been second before that. Um, if I just wanted to make a pick against Rahm and Roy, it would probably be him. Um, but the fourteen to one wasn't massive for me. Fleetwood's the same price. He won last week, um, so I, I came a little bit further down the board. And I know you've probably got one ahead of me.
0: Yeah, um, and I say jokingly about the Detroit zone. I've definitely bet. A mm-hmm. habitual amount of non-winners in my day, um, and this this range always it's just a tough one for us, right? We've never really fallen in love betting golfers sub twenties, you know, sub tens for sure. Um, mentioned Fleetwood won last week. Ben Coley was on that, and Ben did say he always puts on preview on Mondays. He was waiting for a without market makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Rory's in yeah. the form of his life right now, right? Rom, um, you know, I guess coming back a little bit to life from what what he was to to that point, but. I can get that and just, I mean, the course itself is, is kind of built for those top guys too, right? You can drive it long. If you hit it straight off, the tee takes advantage. You can see some of those names that have won here. It's just the ball strikers clinic. Like, you know, um, now I I do think back to the time where, you know, Westie kind of pushed fits, uh, Lori Cantor was in the mix that year too. So you have these people that are definitely down the odds boards a little bit presenting each way each way value i think there are definite guys that we can talk about as we go on now the one that catches my eye here is you you're the one tom that really opened me up to kind of the year uh hatton was having at one point right it was it was kind of an odd timing for him where he came over to the irish and then into the scottish into the open championship off of a lackluster stretch missed the cut the rbc canadian missed cut or was pretty abysmal at the US Open. Did make the cut. Irish Open, nothing. Irons, as bad as it was all season long. And honestly, since that kind of shout you had, he has clicked like no other. Outside of a poor performance at Wentworth, which was a little shocking knowing he had one there. I mean, he has been habitually gaining with his Irons, has been one of the better players overall in this entire field. And then the last couple of closing weeks on the, on the DP World Tour when he played, eighth and seventh, that's the Italian Open, and that's the Alfred Dunhill Lynx, which you expect him to do well there. But then the CJ Cup, 13th place uh, when he did there. And this is something that we've kind of become accustomed to really liking is form in that area kind of of the world, right? You know, where we seem to, to do that often on the PGA Tour um, in a way where if you see certain style golf courses, we know that countries often form similar you know elements or similar, um, I guess, track records, I think, overall. And we can see with location form, um, you know, Charlton's one of the better golfers in this field. So I think uh, in Dubai specifically. So when yeah. I put that all into the equation, and I'm seeing 18s and 19s there, I, I just do a double take. I, I I don't think that separation from him to the rest of the golfers is that much of the same uh, that deserves a four, five, six point difference. You know, from that from that mid range. And if you look at kind of his career summary, right. Um, you know, the wins that Tyrell had. He has not won in this 2022 calendar year. This is the first year he would have not had a win since 2018. So, I don't know. He's, he's just somebody who we can... He, we, we trust to get to the winner's circle. His irons are great. He's great in Dubai. He's kind of a little bit under the radar from an odds perspective for me, and I like going to that at 18-1. to 1.
1: Yeah, look, he's, he was sixth there in his debut in 2014 when he was sort of half the golfer for years now. He's fourth after 54 holes. He was second in 2016. Played great every round after the first one. Uh, he was eighth again the following year. Second after round two. He was eighth in 2020, but again he was third going into the weekend. And last year he was a little bit disappointing at 16th. Um, but generally speaking, like Cyril has some plays here incredibly well. Then you factor in the fact that he's won uh, in Abu Dhabi as well. Um, you just look at the fact that you know generally speaking, whenever I think of the Middle Eastern event, I think of. Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, outside of obviously Rory McIlroy, and um, you know I'm not to say that Tommy Fleetwood can't go back to back because we obviously know that he can, uh, we know he's capable of doing that. But I think when you're getting slightly bigger odds on, on Hatton, I think it's probably the way to go because, uh, like you say, he's just been overlooked pretty much because he's been poor on the PJ tour. Otherwise, he's been you know absolutely fine. DP World Tour's so been great. hasn't played it as much, um, which is why he's probably the price he is.
0: Yeah, it just feels like kind of stood out to me um, in the way of is he that much worse of a player than some of these other guys? I, I don't think so. Maybe he's not as much of a course fit, but it, his off the t game has been the best. It's been uh, the last couple of times out for him, too, on the season. So I'm excited there. Um, yeah, as we keep going down the, the odds board, there, there's a big gap when you when you basically jump past hat, uh, you, you basically get in this money zone. And the money zone, I think it's a lot of interest from a lot of guys. I think there's four golfers specifically. Uh, one actually, well, I'm going to it out to five, six. Now, because one, my selection got cut as we were here discussing. Um, but I think there's Jordan Smith, Alex Norn, Ryan Fox, 30 to one to 28 to one. That's where they stand. I, I think we're going to stick here for a moment before we even go on to the next ones. Because there's a big argument, in my opinion, on all three of them we've we've landed differently but i i could bet any of these three golfers and perfectly happy so tell us why jordan smith as you think of your litter there
1: <clears throat> so i've been kind of and i was hoping that jordan smith wasn't going to win uh the portugal masters because i was hoping he's going to be a bigger price for this right i was hoping he's gonna be like 33 or 40 to 1 whatever when the big boys came in but um 28 to 1 25 to 1 drafting sports book like jordan smith he's had two really productive appearances here at the, at the earth course and they're both on his um first two starts so he was 25th on debut but he shot second round 65 and a fine round 66 which sort of bounced back from an opening 75. A year later he opens with a 66 to lead after round one shoots a 68 in round two to sit second going into the weekend and he fell away which is typical really of, of Jordan Smith right at the time. Um, since then two 47th place finishes which are pretty dismal but coming into 2020 he his form was miscut 21st miscut 25th and last year, five most recent starts, uh, sorry, in, in 2019, five most recent starts were uh, 24th, 46th and 48th. So really and truly, like considering he then finished 63rd and 76th in kind of really limited field events, finished in those results in limited events, sorry, um, you kind of have to factor in that he just wasn't in good form the last two times he played here. Then you look at his recent form, 12th, 7th, a weird disqualification at the Dunhill Links, 6th win 13th last week. Um, I really like the fact that he backed up that win with a 13th at the Nedbank. And I think I just think at 25 to 1 drafting sports, but Jordan Smith presents decent value. I mean, he's he does everything that Roy McIlroy and John Rahm and Hovland and Lowry, et cetera, do um just not on the pga tour right so it, then it's gonna be a real good barometer of his game to see how he stacks up against those personally two i think he plays well in the middle east in general and three um i was thinking about this earlier like jordan smith's probably the one where i don't think there's been a, a campaign made for him for the rider cup team and and i certainly wouldn't have ever made a campaign for him i didn't think anything of it i just thought he was sort of on a bit of a hot streak but like when we talk about kind of like the, the powers and the um, you know Guido's and people like that like what does Smith really have to do to enter that conversation I mean he he's pretty much like the, the stalwart in terms of uh, ball striking on the DP World Tour right so I look at his most recent kind of form in the Middle East 12th Abu Dhabi 9th at the Dubai as a classic second in that first Al Kama event uh, just really really good stuff so I think Smith is a good bet this week
0: Yeah, it's finally, to your point, if you didn't win, you would have got a little bit more of a discount there. But as good of a year (laughs) as you can really get, especially from a ball striking standpoint, right? I feel like people just default to Peters um, often in that Ryder Cup discussion. But to your point, I think it's warranted if another year of this is is ahead. Now, uh, I'll I'll touch on Alex Noren, right, coming up a fourth place last week on the PGA Tour. Um, Kind of fits the mold of somebody who, you know, we've had interest in or or me specifically have had interest in when they're playing decent on the other side of the pond. He's made five cuts in a row to start the, this season on the PGA tour when, you know, when he came over for the Alfred Dunhill links finished second um, was, was rather disappointing when he played the the Scandinavian mix 15th place finish. You know, it's not kind of due to him what, what, what was expected in that field strength. Yeah. Um, but right. Like, how do you, how do you judge him in this sense? Now I've gone with a later one. That's um, a little bit more, uh, in my opinion, but, um, I wouldn't fault anybody going for Alex Norin. but the one that screams out to me and, and, you know, you make a really compelling argument for Jordan Smith, but it, it's, it's difficult to not look at the DP world tour season and, and understand how good Ryan box has been. Like, yeah, I mean, you just, you just walk through, I mean, and his last three event, four event, second, fourth, miscut win. You know, he had the stretch of course the open championship in the Scottish prior to that. Second, third, miscut in the US Open, second makes the cut in the PJ Championship, second, eighth, ninth, fifteenth, win. Like when you go back on the the races of I standings over the years, there is basically no golfer that has gotten to this point in the standings that he has by purely doing well, just in the DP world tour events, like Fleetwood in 17, won the race to Dubai overall. Um, and he played primarily on the DP world tour. Broom Wiesberger had a somewhat similar year in 19. Um, but I mean, this clinic by Ryan Fox, and, and you could argue he should have four wins, five, like he could have five wins probably. Right. You yeah. Easily seen that year. I mean, he, he lost, you know, I, I don't remember which one it was to Victor Perez in the playoff where, you know, he, he was 99.9% chance to win, right? It's not like I had a bet on him or anything that week. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, overall, just Fox's year, man, it's just been so, so, so good. And he's 28 to 1 in this field. I'm, I'm just gonna going to go back to the well and think. That number is just not right for somebody who's played to his degree. Now, one of those events that he did win this year was to Al Kaima in in this neck of the woods prior to that. Hasn't had the best success kind of in in Dubai area. But uh, I just put enough stock into his season as a whole that I'm 100 percent in on Fox.
1: Yeah. And I was I was almost ready to pull the trigger on him as well. Like he was the first person I wrote down, because I think when you look at the course history and uh, the general history in the Middle East, it's been pretty dismal outside of that Raz El win, right? And I, I thought that was going to make him a little bit of a bigger price. Um, but, I mean, what price can you really make him? Like, he, he's won the Raz El this year. He's had four seconds, I think it was. He was second in the Irish, second in the Dutch, second at the second in um, the um, – I can't remember where else it was, but I'm pretty sure – Ned Bank, obviously, last week. So yeah, last week. So had, like, four second-place finishes, like – that's unbelievable. And like you say, he could obviously, you know, turn those into kind of four or five wins. It's I'm honestly having a tough time leaving him out. I think it's it's one of those things that I could easily see myself backing him a bit later in the week, um, just because I, I don't really have a case against him. I think it's one of those ones where people will just look at the course form, see 28 45th, and just go, oh, well, you know, step up in class, like it's not going to happen. But he opened 67-71 here on his debut in 2017 and was you know, 4th after the first round, 11th after round two. And the level of player he is now is, you know, chalk and cheese. Like, he, he's a completely different player now. So uh, I actually think Ryan Fox is quietly the most improved golfer probably in the world. Um, and yes, he's 24th in the world rankings. But if he played any kind of events, you know, on the PJ Tour and, and showed this kind of form, he'd probably be a top 20 golfer right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and, and, yep. and you know you can't Sorry. you can't you can't just say that in the sense that like he would just go and do the same thing on the PJ tour. We can't just assume that. But I see no reason why he wouldn't.
0: Well, like I mean, we we couldn't assume that with Jiyoung Kim, Tom Kim, right? And, yeah. and look what he's done, right? Like that similar type of year was and, happening somewhere else, and he comes over yeah. and he he now explodes.
1: And like Dietrich as well has been pretty good on the PJ tour. Like I know yeah. he you know scored me last week, but like he, he's been good. So I would pretty much be quite confident in saying that Fox could translate that. So the more I talk about it, the more I'm probably just going to bet on him because I think that the trouble is, that, and the picks I'm going to go on sort of later on in, in the show is going to be, um, you know, kind of each way value. So if I wanted two win picks against Roy McIlroy and John Rahm, it would be Jordan Smith and Ryan Fox. So yep, sit tight and I'll, I'll probably add him by the end of the show. Yep.
0: Love it. Um, next one up for me. I've been, we we talk about this golfer, I feel like often I brought him in conjunction with Lucas Herbert was kind of up against with the conversation last week. But, you know, we mentioned kind of what we talked about with Alex Noren. Um, I I feel as similar in that sense, even more confidence because of the spikes for Kurt Kidiyama. you know, it was 40s coming into the show. Uh, He's cut down to 35s now, 30s, some some spots overseas. Um, I'm still in you know, I think just the, I, I guess, you know, overall having one, two, three top threes on the PGA tour feel like just this, that ability, I guess four, four, if you included, just came up one of the CJ cup as last event. So he's had four top three finishes on the PGA tour over the last year. Right. Like I, I, I Would be curious to see, and it's not all joke events either, right? The Honda Classic is is decent. Scottish Open was great. CJ Cup was excellent. His Mexico Open one, you know, did lose to Rahm, but like, I just, there's just been so much there from a spike value of Kurt Kitayama. He probably should have finished way higher than seventh on the Italian Open when we got him coming over here for that, right? He couldn't find the putter that week. So I just, I don't know. I think so highly of him overall. Think he fits the course very well. Did not do great on debut years ago. I get that, but I just think thirty-five to one with Kurt. I, I just will take him in big spots over and over again, and this is no different.
1: Yeah, I think as well with Kurt Kuziemba. Like you've already referenced about, he's taken that kind of big step up to the PJ Tour. Unlucky not to have won um, in those runs as well. Like he's just run into you know really strong players. Um, it, his win came in Oman, which is obviously in the Middle East. Um, he's also won in Mauritius, again, which is, you know, it's Africa, but it's, I guess, probably a little bit of similar temperatures and things like that. Turkish Airlines Open, he was second to still in I think it was a pretty big playoff that week as well. So he's played well in kind of big fields on the DP World Tour. Then you look at the fact he was sixth at Dubai Desert Classic, 12th at the Saudi International, uh, 20th again in Dubai, ninth in Qatar. Like, he generally just loves this part of the world. And Considering that's a pretty small sample st- um, sample size, I think with Kitsiyama, like he's not been around that long, it, it's really like it's really hard to quantify just how good he is. I think I think he's probably still a little bit over underrated, not obviously by yourself because I think you, you're pretty high on him, but I think still generally speaking, I think actually people are more inclined just to bet him on the PJ tour because they're hoping to get a bit of a number. Like they see him at thirty-three to one in a field with Roy McIlroy and John Rahm, just think, oh, it's not going to happen, but. You know, we talked about the people that win um, the DP World Tour Championship, but last year, Alexander Bjork, runner-up to Colin Morikawa. like Matt Wallace, runner-up to Danny Willett, Afid Barmer runner-up to John Rahm, Andy Sullivan, runner-up to Rory McIlroy, De Poisson, runner-up to Stenson, like, you do get people, even go back to Ross McGowan, runner-up to like Lee West in 2009, like, it happens, so I think Kitty Armagh's a fine selection.
0: Yeah, he kind of just floats for me, and you've got one more of that, or I guess a couple more than that, in that sense where I I'm not scared or not, you know, surprised to see them back nine on a Sunday be right in that mix of it, right? Yeah. Like and you take them against anybody and, and like his Sundays have come down to like a three putt out of our five or something like he hasn't thrown those Sundays away, right? You can't finish second and third four times. By throwing it away on Sundays, right? You know, he wasn't coming in with a 54-hole lead like every time with that. So I just, you know, he just ran into a buzzsaw and and that one, And outside of that, man, he could have won the Scottish, which was as big as anything, right? So, uh, yeah, I just just love Kurt and uh, excited to go back to the well. Now, I was intrigued at your next selection here. Um, You know, back when, before he jumped over to play one of Livy, Livy that um, was big, big fan of uh, El Pirita, right? That's what, that's uh, his nickname, Pirate. Uh, but Adrian Otegui, uh, your boy, Hi, you're going back here. I think it, it makes a lot of sense though.
1: I just think with Otegui, right? Like again, people are not like, for the exact reasons that you just pointed out, people are not going to want to bet him or just don't like him. And that's, that's absolutely fine. Like I I get it. And actually that plays into my hands a little bit because um, you know, we're not that far removed from the fact that Otegi just blitzed the Valderrama field by six shots, which is unbelievable. Um, couldn't back it up um, in Majorca, but he was 18th at Nedbank last week. He was inside the top eight for the first three rounds and was 7th going into the final day and just fell away. First, 4th and 20th in Otegi's last three events for strokes Gain approach. Second, 16th and 25th in Teaser green for Otegi. Just hitting the ball really, really well. And you go back to his debut here in 2017. Um, He finished 42nd, um, but never shot worse than 73rd. Um, He comes back a year later, finishing 4th, and he sat in uh, 2nd place and just one shot back going into into the weekend. Um, Two years ago, he comes back and he opened with a 75, but 2nd round 66 and final round 68 saved face to a certain extent and finished 14th as well. So when you factor in the fact that he's got that 4th place finish here, he's been in in the mix, uh, right in the heat of the battle in 2017, Coming off a win, he's got you know two recent wins, really. When you consider the Scottish Championship in 2020, like it's probably beyond him winning. Um, but definitely not when I see those kind of top fives, um, in this event, I, I think he's definitely a, a prime candidate for that because you, you go back through the last kind of few years and there, there's definitely some surprises. I think Balamaki was top five one, one year, Tom Lewis has been top five, like you see them, and I think that's what I take he'll be this week.
0: Yeah, I just when you look at pure irons, right? Like it is, he's the best iron player in the field right now from uh, you know the last few weeks, straight up. So I, I think it's tough. It's tough when you get into live stuff, right? Like he played one event. Should we judge anybody out there? Like I'm very happy for Andy Ogletree who won last week on the Asian did he, Tour, did right? He, like that did he come was
1: back into that same event. Did he play two uh,
0: Let me. do, Oh, actually, he's played more than one. He's played three. You're right. Yeah, he played London, Portland, and Boston. So more than get, one. Uh, get him uh, out. Becker, Becker played <laughs> one. So three. Okay, I get it. Oh, I get yeah. it. Um, but at some point, right, he does feel like he's he's somebody who was kind of part of the, the faithful DP World Tour uh, of that met, mentioned. But like Andy Ogletree, right? You mentioned Peter yeah. Uline on, on your show, right? Like, there, there's scenarios for everybody, and it's going to happen conversation-wise, no matter what. Um, but. Um, definitely just when you look at how well he's played, it is very different from every other golfer in the field. He is leading in accuracy and he is dialed in with the irons. That is his game. And it's not bomb and gouge like the other ones who are playing as well as they are right now. So uh, it would just be interesting to see if he can uh, continue that success on this and course.
1: It, and with him, it's kind of like he doesn't have that bomb and gouge ability. So that's why people would be slightly put off of him. Like he needs to play perfectly, but he is at the moment. So, um, yep. you, you buy into that, right? I mean, you, you look at 2021, I'm just looking like uh, Nikolai Hoygaard was fourth, Dean Burmester was sixth. Uh, you go into 2020, Laurie Cantor and Valamaki, you, you mentioned were top five there. Go into 2019, Mike Lorenzo Vera, who you're obviously very keen on, uh, was third, Tom Lewis was sixth, and then 2018 was when Otegi finished fourth with Dean Burmester, Fratelli, and Tom Lewis, seventh. So, as much as you you tend to get the really, really classy winner. There's that kind of second tier. There are only two or three shots behind, which is, you know, a shot around most of the time. Um, so yes, he would have to do everything right. But uh, Adrian and Tagy seem like good value to me.
0: And it's a little bit different here too, where the season long standings are in play, right? It's not the PGA um, Tour Tour Championship where you have the offsetting yeah. leaderboard, right? Like, Potentially, the pressure of winning here could almost be a little bit less for somebody who doesn't have a chance to win the whole title, right? Like, yeah. It's just maybe not the entire pressure is on you winning when, when other people are trying to conserve or, or make sure that you know, they, they hold tight or, or push for that DP World Tour Championship overall. Yeah.
1: And I think we definitely saw, like, with, with Rory last year, like, the pressure did get to him. I and mean, he ripped his shirt. He, he's sort of famous where he sort of I ripped his shirt. that was he's here. Halted. He's it, yeah. didn't he? And, uh, you know, like, I don't think the same pressure's on him this time around because of the season that he's had. But, like, it happens. And and these guys, like, John Rahm has always got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, always wants to have something to prove. So, um, Matthew, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick comes into this, you know, this field and this event as probably the biggest you know, favorite he's ever been. I know he's you know, he's not the favorite behind Rahm and Rory, but like the, the shortest odds he's ever been. So um all of a sudden like the, these two or three golfers have got a lot of a lot on their plate and yes, they're probably gonna win because the best players do over four rounds, but um some of these guys are gonna take them on.
0: Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um I'll tee it up for you as we each have shorter cards this week. Um you've got one more here. Or I guess you have two left. Yeah. Um I've got one more, but mine's deeper on. So if you want to go into your two here.
1: Yeah, so the first one's Antoine Rosner. So this is a guy that we've been talking about forever, right? I, mean, I, I don't know that I need to say too much about Rosner. Um, he's second in the field in strokes gain approach and Teescreen Green over the past 15 weeks. So he's second behind Eddie Pepperell uh, in, in approach and second behind Rory Tees Green. So I know obviously you mentioned that Tagi's kind of leading the way with the Irons in recent weeks, but over that kind of longer sample size, uh, Rosner's right um it's good
0: of, to know that I I nailed Rosner's worst week off the tee last week of the entire season. So that yeah, was nice you to did. have that.
1: You did. And and part of that was like you kind of predicted it and it's like, well, that suits me because now he's coming back to a course where it should play into his hands again. Um and you go into the fact that he's got seven top sixteen finishes in his last nine starts, hasn't missed a cut over the last 15 weeks. He's won the Qatar Masters, he's won the Golf and Dubai Championship, which you mentioned at the fire course. Um, in 2020. So he loves the Middle East. Um, he was only 32nd last week because he was 48th tee green and off the tee was a disaster, but he was still 14th in approach. And this is, of course, that's going to allow his place with strength. So the only thing holding Rosner back all season has been a putter. First and fourth at the Dubai Championship, ninth at the Dubai Desert Classic, 16th at the Abu Dhabi event. Everything kind of points to Rosner finding it on these types of greens and we probably thought the same thing when he won in won in the you know the fire course, and he didn't particularly you know put it together here. But there was a bit more expectation in this time around. because I think he can fly under the radar here. So uh, love Antoine Rosner. I think he's seventy to one over here. He might be slightly bigger. Um, your side of the pond, I believe. No, seventy-five. 70 to is the biggest
0: brand. DraftKings Sport Pick. Yeah, seventy-five. A DraftKings. Oh,
1: nice. That's awesome. Cool. There we go. Um, and then the final one for me is um, Thriston Lawrence. So he finished sixth at Valderrama uh, in that week where I he played so well. Uh, and he was 15th last week at the Nedbank, but he was third going into the final round. And that kind of 77 was a little bit uncharacteristic. Like he was only one back going into the final day. And I guess, you know, like it's the Nedbank, it's Africa's major, he's South African. Like, is, is that a lot of pressure on him? I don't know. Um, I'd rather just take the positives of the fact that he was... You know, right in contention up to the final day. Thomas Dietrich blew it, he blew it, like it happens. Um, does that mean that he can now step forward and do it against the best in the world? Possibly not, which is why I sort of preface this that it's kind of like a top five betting card versus the favourites. Um, eighteenth last week in Strokes Gain approach, and he was sixth in teeth green as well. So despite that kind of poor final round, he still hung on to some decent stats uh 20th last time out in in um the middle east he was 20th in that second uh Al karma classic event and he started off decently well in one week before as well so there isn't a massive sample size for for Thriston Lawrence in the middle east but i think just the way he's been playing like t screen he's just been excellent over the last however you know every time that he makes a cut his t screen numbers are just absolutely insane um, and probably even when he misses a cut but you know, the last, last few events, so the last four events where he's made the cut, second, sixth, fourth, and sixth in tees green. Like, absolutely ridiculous. First eight for 21st and 18th in Ireland. So it is definitely charged by the driver, and that should suit him here. It's, like, we've seen D- Dean Burmese to play well here multiple times. I think Tristan Lawrence has got a, a reasonably similar profile in terms of games, and maybe it's a little bit of a lazy comparison but both South African and decently long hitters, but I'm happy to chance it at the price.
0: Yeah. A popular selection of golf Twitter last week, carrying that Pretty big awesome. load, uh, you know, into, you know, the final round, which, um, yeah, they did going backwards hurt a few people last week, but, uh, yeah, I mean, especially getting him when's the last time we got you know him at a hundred to one, right. Like yeah. he's literally hundreds over here. Like that's, uh, it's a big, it's a big, um, uh, jump in odds from what people kind of were, were back in last week. So I think yeah, I it's very interesting to go back.
1: I think it's fine to go back, like, once. Like, this is literally the last event of, of the season. So, you know, if, if he gives it his all this week and doesn't play again, I mean, I'm sure he will in South Africa, but, like, he could literally have a really good week here in downtowns. Like, you know, any a big week here changes everyone's career, right? So it's tough, again, to see them win. And I like your next selection because he's another guy, a little bit like Ryan Fox, where he could have had four or five wins this season. Like, th- th- there's so much win equity and and win potential in these players in regular events it's just how much we sort of handicap this dpl tour championship
0: yep yep absolutely and before i give the last selection make sure you give a shout out to our audio listeners you know you can find us at daily fantasy sports picks and bets the mix available on all the different audio formats our podcast playlists that you have out there rate review subscribe goes a long way for us on youtube too we appreciate like we mentioned last week the comments feedback um, love that you guys have been enjoying the show. It's been a fun season. We're ready to close it out with a winner here. So, again, we thank you very much. And with that said, my last selection, and I love the odds getting here. To your point, you, I, and there's a little bit of difference. is a two-time winner this year. He's been short most of the time. I feel like e- Ewan Ferguson has floated kind of with long odds multiple times throughout Every the season. Week. He's had an odd year, right? Like it is – it's hard to put your your kind of finger down on what kind of year he has had. Two time winner, Honda uh, World Invitational, and then in Qatar, you mentioned you kind of like that Qatar link. Second at yep. Maiden Himmerlin, Magical Kenya Open, he finished eighth, uh, which he I believe, if I was correct, uh, inside the fifty four or after fifty four holes was right there in the thick of it. Kind of blew up a little bit, um, but then you kind of see two of the better events that he has had, or, or honestly, put together. In um, a stretch run, it's the last two events, Ned Bay Golf Challenge. You can see him actually having his best ball striking week of the season last week. Um, and then a ninth, the Mallorca, where his irons were really good overall, too. I just think, you know, again, if you look at the season as a whole, you mentioned the spikes of Kitayama. You know, Ewin's kind of had that type of year when he cashed in a couple of times on the DP World Tour, yet we are still getting him at 100-1 to this week. You know, not really any Dubai success um, overall when he's kind of played and stepped out this way, but we mentioned the guitar link um, in that way. But, man, I just think there's so much to go. And We know the talent is there. I mean, he had an exceptional year on the Challenge Tour. He was a really, really good amateur uh, when he came out. It's just, you know, a lot out there with Ewan Ferguson. And if I'm going to kind of put a feather in the cap, I mean, he's 11th or 13th in the DP World Tour uh, race to the standings. I mean, that's a sneaky, really, really strong year when that list is littered with golfers who did well in major or in a crossover event or guys like Fox and Smith, right? Like, so you get Ferguson at 100 to 1. I- I'm licking uh, my chops for-, for that bet for this week to close out my card.
1: I uh, I think potentially you might get a call from like modest golf one day um from from Niall horan for just your pure love of their golfers like till hatton guido migliazzi ewan ferguson uh i like Connor Simey. you know there's a lot there richard Mansell. but what i would say you know joking aside like in a roundabout kind of way like they spotted you and ferguson pretty early like they were quite confident on his talent and it's paid off right and the reason you get 100 to 1 about Ewan ferguson I get it is the volatility like he he just went through a stretch of missing four cuts. But back-to-back made cuts. Well, he couldn't miss a cut last week, but back-to-back top finishes. And he just strikes me as someone that should do really... I know he hasn't yet, but he should do pretty well in his part of the world. And th- there's just nothing stopping Ewan Ferguson. I mean, is he the type of person that can go on and do what Ryan Fox has done this year or could have done this year? I, d- I don't know, but he has the skill set and he has the the kind of attitude and... Like you say, a really good pedigree from his amateur days as well. Like, I guess the number is there because he's 140th in the world rankings and because his wins have come in kind of lower grade. But there's only one way you can improve that, and that's by kind of big performances in in big fields. And that's the platform he's got this time around.
0: Yep, 100%. 100%. I'm excited uh, for him to close it down. Now, don't forget Guido does have an apartment in Dubai. Very familiar. As long as you can avoid those 10s on the card, you know, maybe we see it. Uh, but let's round out our betting cards here, Tom, as we close up shop for the twenty-one-22 season.
1: Yeah, I feel a bit I feel a little bit slimy adding in Ryan Fox, but I'm going to. So him and Jordan Smith both at twenty-five to one, twenty-eight to one, if you can get it. Uh, Adrian Otage. Did you say there was a seventy-to-one about Adrian Otage? Or did I make that up? Otage is no, I don't think he had the
0: seventy. Adrian.
1: Sixty sixes. 66 to 1, Adrian Ategi. Um, Antoine oh, Ros- yep, 66. Yep, Antoine Rosner, uh, 70 to 1, Tristan Lawrence. You said they're 100 to 1, so it is five players, but they're all 25 to 1 and bigger. Um, they're all kind of taken on the favorites. So, uh, just quickly summarize them again Jordan Smith, Adrian Ategi, uh, Ryan Fox, Ar- Antoine Rosner, and Tristan Lawrence. Yep,
0: awesome. I have Tiro Hatton 19 to 1. That'll be win only there. Ryan Fox, uh, there's 30s uh, here in the state side for Ryan Fox, wow. uh, even with, a, with an each way in there too. Um, so Ryan Fox, Kirk 35 to 1. Uh, and then I'm going all the way down to uh, Ewan Ferguson at 100 to 1 to round out my card. Let's go out on top, to Daniel Year, Tom. Let's, let's finish this strong and pay attention to us on Twitter again. They can find me. Uh, you guys can find me at Skyhook DFS. You can find Tom at Tom Jacobs93. We'll kind of ballpark what we're thinking for the close out of the season. Um, as there's a lot of golf happening over kind of the holidays here, a lot of opportunity. Um, but want to make sure that we are um, you know staying courteous of our, our own times for it and keeping up with the golf landscape week in and week out. So uh, just feel free questions. Q school wraps up. We'll probably have some comments on that. Um we'll definitely have some some talents coming out of there. So it should be an exciting close to the calendar year to follow this as well. And we look forward to uh, keeping up the support from you guys and and closing out strong. So uh, enjoy your day.